Welcome to season one of the Encourage podcast. I'm Becky Keefe, Encourage Community Manager, and I'm joined by my friend and fellow Encourage writer, Mary Carver. Mary is also the author of Courageous Joy, the new Bible study from Encourage. Mary and I are exploring what it means to delight in God through every season of our lives. The good, the ugly, the beautiful, and the broken. Nothing is off limits in these conversations because nothing in our lives is out of God's reach. Friend, do you long for lasting joy in a world that offers temporary pleasure? Do you wish your joy didn't sway with your circumstances or hinge on your performance? Then lean in as we learn together how to become women of courageous joy. Hey, Mary Carver, we are back again talking about courageous joy. And I have a feeling that today's conversation is going to require an extra dose of courageous. Yes. But also I feel like this is my sweet spot, This, which is weird. So guys, we're talking about joy in the bad times. And Mary Carver just said, this is my sweet spot. I love it. Look, I don't, I don't know how I got to this point in my life, but the truth is, I mean, I have co-written two books outside of this Bible study about finding joy and peace when life is really hard. Like, I don't know how, I don't know how that became my thing, but here we are, but here we are. And I'm glad it's your thing because, and as I actually, as I look back over the episodes we've recorded so far, we kind of have included the bad times and all of it because friends, like the truth is, is that like life, life is not glitter and rainbows and unicorns as we all know, despite the fact that I just had my niece over for a birthday party. And that's, <laughs> that's what our house turned into for a glorious couple of hours. And it was so fun, but we all know that, um, that, that life is such a mixed bag. And so I'm really yeah. grateful that as we have this, um, whole Bible study about joy Um, We really see that not only are we all painfully aware that life is full of bad times, but that God's word meets us in that place. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I I feel like, I mean, I I can't speak for God, but he might say this is his sweet spot as well. He just might. He just might. So that leads us to the question is, is it possible to experience joy during painful or difficult seasons? Well, thankfully, I believe it is. I don't think it's easy. Right. Like, I think that's been my answer to every one of these opening questions. Well, Becky, it's really hard. (laughs) (laughs) So if you feel a listener that this is hard, just know that we (laughs) are right there with you. We are with you. Yes. But I do think it's possible to experience joy, even when everything around us is difficult or painful or challenging. And I think that that is one of the most incredible gifts that God gives us. Yeah. That that it's always possible, even if it's hard Mm -hmm. to find joy because of him. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I think it's, I think it's possible. I think God's word shows us that it's possible. And we've talked about how Paul who, um, has been imprisoned, flogged, stranded on islands, (laughs) you know, 
betrayed by friends. Like he's the one who penned the words rejoice in the Lord. Always. I will say it again, rejoice. And so there has to be something about God's joy being independent from our circumstances. And so I know I'd love to hear from you, Mary, but I'll just share that I have experienced joy um, in the middle of seasons of severe anxiety. I mm-hmm. struggle with anxiety, with depression. And when that mental illness <laughs> rears its ugly head in my life, um, it's really, it's really difficult. Um, and yet it's been a time to, to live, to live out what we've been talking about in these conversations and to see that even when I feel somewhat out of control in myself, like I just, I can't get it together. Um, my sadness doesn't match my circumstances. Um, I have that racing mind, racing heart that no amount of prayer or sleep or gratitude can fix that, in those hard places, God's word remains true. Mm. He remains compassionate. I have found joy in him. giving me the gift of friends um, and a good therapist to walk <laughs> alongside me. Um, I have found joy in that he has grown my heart of compassion for others in their own struggles in different ways. And um, so I would say, yes, like, I don't, I don't like it. I don't wish, I don't wish it upon someone else. And yet I have experienced a different facet of joy in the midst of, uh, of that kind of trial in my life. What about, yeah. what about for you? What is, what is experiencing joy in, in the bad times look like? Well, I think that, um, the first thing that comes to mind are the times when my family has lost someone, mm. when someone has died. Yeah. Obviously, no matter who it is or how it happens, the death of a loved one is always so difficult and it's, it's just sad. And it's not just sad for a day. It's sad for a long time, but I have as memories so many times that in the midst of that grief, our family, you know, it, it was an excuse, not an excuse, but it was a reason to spend more time together. Yeah. And I think of, I mean, this is a, a, an old example, but I think of when my granddad died, um, when I was in middle school and my cousins who I loved so much still do, uh, are five and six years older than me. So of course, you know, that I idolize them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And while he was in the hospital before he passed away, you know, my parents needed to be at the hospital. Their parents did too. So they were tasked with basically babysitting me. But the way I saw it was that I just got to hang out with my cousins. And of course we were still sad and we were worried and we, we were, we didn't know what was going to happen. But even now, when I look back on that, that scary summer, I still smile because we had, we made memories, you know, together. Yeah. Um, And really, I think I feel like I have a long list of people in my life who have died. Uh, But each one of those times, there's always a moment or an afternoon or an experience where despite the reason for being together, despite the reason for not being at work or having to buy black pants or whatever, like Mm -hmm. 
that we experience joy, mm-hmm. whether that's joy and knowing that even though our loved one isn't with us anymore, she's with God. Yeah. Like I said, spending time with family that you don't normally get. And I know not everybody's experience is like that. But that is definitely one way God has a, a dramatic way. God has shown up for me with joy mm-hmm. in the midst of grief. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Today, we're going to hear a story from Encourage writer Grace Picho, and this story appears on week five, day two of the Courageous Joy Bible Study. And just take a listen, and maybe as you're listening, just think about how God has met you in your own um, painful or difficult moment, and we'll talk about it. husband in the second row of the worship room. The few inches between us felt more like a million-mile chasm. The praise band led us with fervor, but I could barely move my lips to the lyrics. Instead, my lips quivered and tears ran rivers down my face. Everything had become too much, uprooting our family to move back to our hometown, the loneliness in our marriage, our toddler waking up screaming every couple hours in the middle of the night. The weight of it all dragged me over the edge of sanity, and there, at the bottom of the pit, depression threatened to unravel my mind and my faith. How can I sing these songs? How can I clap and celebrate God's goodness or His power when I can barely make it through the day? It seemed false to sing songs that rang hollow in my life at the moment. I wasn't convinced that forcing the lyrics and notes to come out of my throat would be offering true worship to God, so I didn't sing. I stood there, arms limp at my sides, letting the voices of others carry me into the presence of God. I came to him that day with nothing but my tears, nothing but broken things in my hands, nothing but confusion and pain and doubt, nothing but silence. But there was no condemnation from him, no stern look of disapproval at my lack of singing or anything resembling what we consider as worship. Instead, it was his gentleness that met me and reminded me that Christ did it all already. His death on the cross was the ultimate offering of worship to God. And through him, the little I bring to the altar is made into a pleasing fragrance to God. I may not have been singing the songs, but God received my quivering lips and my desperate cries that still professed his nearness and therefore his goodness to me. Hey, it's Mary, and I'm taking a quick break here to let you in on a little secret. That story you just heard? Well, that story and many more just like it are a part of the Courageous Bible Study series from Encourage. Throughout this whole year at Encourage, we are exploring what it means to be a woman of courage in all aspects of our lives. The latest Bible study, Courageous Joy, is available now. Get a copy for you and one for a friend at dayspring.com, Amazon, or wherever books are sold. And if you use the code podcast25 at dayspring.com, you can save 25% and get free shipping on Courageous Joy. I so appreciate Grace's honesty in this story. Um, And I just, I, 
I really resonated with this question that she asks there as she is, you know, standing in church and she says, how can I sing these songs? How can I clap and celebrate God's goodness or his power when I can barely make it through the day? And it just, I was like, I have, I've asked that question. It reminds me that, that the bad times, grief and sorrow, it can be in times of, you know, kind of more severe crisis. Like you were sharing about Mary, like when we lose a loved one or when we're battling a physical illness or a mental illness, but it can also be just the culmination of just a lot of hard, not okay things building up in our life. And so I'm curious, Mary, have you ever had a hard time? worshiping during a difficult season in your life? Yes. Yes. I'm sure there have been several, but when you, when we were talking about this before, I immediately thought of just a couple years ago, a good friend's daughter was hurt and her daughter and my daughter are similar ages. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing was unfair It was not right. What happened? It was, I just, honestly, I didn't know where God was. Mm. Seemed like he really fell down on the job. Mm -hmm. And so to go to church in those weeks after that happened, I could not, I couldn't even mouth the words, you know, that saying that our God is good, Mm -hmm. that God is always in control, Mm -hmm. that God loves me that God will never let anything bad happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, that might be bad theology anyway, but I, I couldn't, Mm -hmm. I couldn't say those words and I couldn't feel them in my heart. I couldn't, I just couldn't, it was too hard. Yeah. And I think what I'm hearing from Grace's story and what I see is true of scripture is that God welcomes us in the honesty of where we're at moment Mm -hmm. by moment. Yeah, that's so true because even in those moments where I couldn't sing a song that didn't feel true to me, Mm -hmm. I still felt welcome Mm -hmm. and I didn't feel condemned. Yeah. When what my heart was saying was God help me understand Mm -hmm. because I don't get this and I am so, so sad. Yeah. And I knew that even in all that, even in all my wrestling and resisting that he was there with me. And eventually I'm not saying like, you know, snap your fingers and all of a sudden I felt joy, but eventually I was able to look back at that time and see, and feel, just feel so grateful. Yeah. And because I feel grateful to find joy in the fact that he didn't leave me He didn't leave my friend. He didn't leave her daughter despite everything that was happening. Yeah. Yeah. That's so similar to how I was processing this as well. Yeah. I can think about times where I just, yeah, showed up at church and when I just, I was, I was too exhausted, too exhausted Mm. by in the season of having three kids, you know, three years old and under. And I was like, I'm can someone prop up my eyelids and can someone, you know, Lord, can you forgive me for, for losing my cool on the way to church and, you know, screaming at my kids. Or I think if I think of a season where someone very close to me who I love was deeply betrayed by someone mm-hmm. who was supposed 
to love them and how that broke and fractured our family. And yeah, having that, that, that sadness mingled with anger of like, God, how could you let this happen? Like, this isn't, this isn't the way it's supposed to turn out. And, and God, how do I, how do I worship you when I know that I have unforgiveness in my heart and yet my unforgiveness feels justified and, (laughs) and valid because yeah, they don't don't deserve it. And, um, you know, and then, and I can, then I can think of, yeah, seasons of, of grief of after, after my dad passed away. And if I would walk into a church and they would start playing one of the hymns played at his service, like I, all I could do is stand there and weep. Um, and yet in all of those different places, I too have experienced what grace shared about, like there was no condemnation. Again, God is not telling us, get it together, snap yeah. out of it. Remember that I'm good and slap on some joy. <laughs> right. He wants our joy to be true and authentic, and he will be there with us in the wrestling. And I'm, and like you said, the words that were going to tumble off my tongue were, and I'm really grateful for that. Like somehow it always comes back to gratitude for who God is. And then that leads us to a place of joy. Yes. Well, and I think that, you know, as much as we all wish that life was all good times and, you know, someday eternity will be, mm-hmm. but for now, because we are so easily distracted because we do find it so hard to focus on him and find joy in him and only him, the bad times, not that God creates them. I'm not saying that, but the bad times that we have to go through because we live in a broken world, the light shines brighter. Yeah. You know, you think about a flashlight and, you know, in like, if I have turned on a flashlight right now in my dining room with the light on, you would not see it. Mm-hmm. But if it were pitch black in the middle of the night and I turned on the flashlight, it would be so bright. Right. You know, we all know that metaphor and yet it's still true. It might seem simple, but it's true mm-hmm. that we're able to experience that joy because we do know what it's like to be without it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, like the quote unquote sinful woman who was so grateful to Jesus because she knew what it was like to be without him. Yes. Yeah. Or like, it reminds me of the old Testament story of Joseph, Mm. you know, where things did not turn out the way that they were supposed to for him. Talk about some bad times. Talk about some bad times. Talk about being, you know, thrown into a pit by your brothers. They're going to kill you. But instead they decide to sell you to slave traders. And then you, you know, are falsely accused of, you know, trying to rape someone. And so then you're thrown into prison, like, not, not some good times in Joseph's life. And yet I think you're right. Like, you know, at the full end of the story, if you guys are not super familiar with this, you can read the whole epic tale in Genesis 37 through 50. Yes. It's a long (laughs) epic tale, but it's so poignant and powerful because at the very end, the brothers who betrayed Joseph end up coming back. And at this point he is, you know, ruler over Egypt. And after a lot of family drama, he makes uh, amends and his brothers are so remorseful and he's able to then say with confidence, what you brothers intended for evil, God used for good. Yes. Yes. Even in all of, all of that and what a journey his life took, Mm -hmm. even in all that, he was able to stay faithful to God because he, he sought God 
through every step of the way, every step. And he, he found him. Mm -hmm. And at the end, he could still be joyful in, in all those circumstances because he knew God was with him. Right. And he knew he believed, he trusted that God was still working it out. Right. And that God was was working it out just as much during the years he spent locked in prison as the years he spent, you know, being, you know, the favored right-hand guy of, of, of the Pharaoh. And so our, our circumstances will surely look different than Joseph's, but I think what I learned and what I glean from this, um, you know, biblically true story is that in the middle of whatever each of us are going through, we have the choice and opportunity to look for God there. I think that that's what Joseph did. Yes. And so I'm really thankful for the words that I want to end us with today. Our key verse, think about it, meditate on it, write it down. It comes from John 16, 22 and reading from the NLT. It says, so you have sorrow now, but I, Jesus is speaking, but I will see you again. Then you will rejoice and no one can rob you of that joy. I love that verse because once again, Jesus is acknowledging that we will experience pain and difficulty, Mm -hmm. but he is promising that the joy we find in him and with him will outlast and outlive any of those difficult circumstances. That our pain is just a blip and our joy is forever. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Encourage podcast. If you want to learn more about becoming a woman of courageous joy, pick up the Courageous Joy Bible Study, available on dayspring.com or wherever books are sold. This study is great to do on your own or with a group of friends. If you want a free preview, visit encourage.me forward slash courageous joy, and we will send you the first week of the Courageous Joy Bible Study. Friends, we pray that you will feel God's delight over you today as you walk in His joy. The Encourage Podcast is sponsored by Dayspring, makers of our favorite cards, journals, and gifts. Need a little hope and encouragement? Head over to dayspring.com 